Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of We Need to Talk About. Whoa, 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 whoa. WN Movie Talk Podcast. We've renamed it. Finally taken the plunge and renamed it on everything. So from now on, we are WN Movie Talk Podcast. It's easier to find, and there's not another one with the same name. So there, got that out of the way. So if you want to contact us, you can contact us via email at wnmovietalk at gmail.com or facebook.com forward slash wnmovietalkpodcast or the same at uh, Instagram, wnmovietalkpodcast. I'm joined again by my brother, Robin. Hello, Robin. Hello. That was theatrical, wasn't it? (laughs) How's it going there, sir? You all right? Yeah, very good. All right, thank you. Yeah, had a good week. Yeah, got a bit of painting in, so um, all happy. Yeah, proper. All happy. I've watched several films. Oh, that's good. What films have you watched this week, then? Well, the one that we're about to talk about. Yeah. And and another one that we could talk about. All right. <laughs> and actually, no, to be fair, I f- we finished the Hunger Games series. Um, oh, yeah. I'd never seen them before. Um so I picked up a Blu-ray of all four. I've never read the books, but um, yeah, really enjoyed it. It was really good. And also, off the back of our conversation last week, I watched Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah. You enjoy that? I thought it was very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I need to watch it again because off of the back of us talking about it, I sort of want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one of those films that you think about a lot afterwards. and You think, actually, it's a lot cleverer than... Yeah. Like the first time I was enjoyed it, Mm-hmm. There's bits I thought oh, I don't know, if I, but I think if I watched it again, it would be it would mature and I'd enjoy it a bit more, like a fine cheese or a, a vintage wine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, as you well know, everyone, Robin has joined us now for the podcast. So we've had a bit of feedback on that. Robin, would oh, you like I, to hear some? I don't know. <laughs> Kieran Kinsella said, I managed to listen to your Spider-Man superhero episode the other day and your brother's anecdote about Steve Rogers' body double was just too funny. Definitely have Rob on more often. Woohoo! He, T- yeah, tell, a good one. Thanks, Kieran. Tell him I'll pay him the fiver <laughs> when I see him next down the park. And he says, and you need to do a Lord of the Rings podcast. Oh? I, I'm up for that. I'm up for Lord of the Rings, Robin. What, oh, all you, three of them. At some point. Or, or would we break it up? Well, do we do him individually? Well, I, th- or break I, him I up? think in honour of old matey boy that made the films, and he does everything in uh, threes, doesn't he? Peter so Jackson. I think we You'd should... have to do one per film. Or we could break it into nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, I've got a game. It's like a, a trivia DVD game that I've had on my shelf for ages, and it's Lord of the Rings. Oh, so I think once we've watched them, we'll get together and play that game for the podcast as well. Oh, that'd be fun. great. Yeah, that'd be really good. Trivia fun. as a special episode. Oh. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be up for that. But you say you've been watching The Hunger Games. I've, we're, we're still powering through the uh, Harry Potters at the moment. Harry Potter? Brilliant. Yeah, I love it, it. Isn't it. Yeah, they are good. They are very good. And I'm listening to the audio books as well at the same time. Uh-huh. Stephen Fry reads those, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. There's a character in the, the Poltergeist, Peeves. Yes. And he's not in the films. But yep. they filmed him for the first film, but his scenes got cut. I know who it was. Go on. It was Rick Mayo. It was Rick yeah. Mayo, yeah. <laughs> you see, you can't, you, catch, really... you can't catch me out. Oh, sharp as a oh. sponge. But what a shame to sort of have that left on the cutting room floor, isn't it? Rick Mayo. It is a bit odd that they didn't even put him in at all. Yeah. And he's quite a 
prominent character in the in the in the uh, books. Yeah. And when you listen to it, you think she's based this character on Rick Mail. You know. Yeah. Very much the same way she had Robbie Coltrane in her mind when she was writing yeah. for Hagrid. She definitely had Rick Mail in her mind when she was writing Peeves. You know, it might be one of those things though when they bring them out again that they the extended edition jobs they'll do it at some point and he'll come up they'll put him in oh i hope so i hope so mm. fingers crossed um we did have another message actually robin and uh, someone else had oh, welcomed yeah. you on the podcast they said it's t and valhalla that's uh kerry and cat and they said welcome to the madhouse robin and then they said does this make you batman or alfred trev <laughs> see what they did there. <laughs> well you can't be alfred because you're actually younger than me yeah but then you can't yeah. be Batman either, really, can you? Because I'm younger than you. Mm. That's awkward. <laughs> well, thank you for the welcome. Um, it's appreciated. Yeah. So if anyone else would like to welcome Robin along, <laughs> you could, like I say, you can contact us, wnmovietalk at gmail.com or on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash wnmovietalk. Anyway, I've done all this. Yeah, uh, and just, just on that <laughs> just note, though, not too many of my friends, it. please, because I, I haven't got any more five pounds. <laughs> um, right. Crack on. Uh, this week, it's classic 80s comedy, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels mm. from 1988, starring Steve Martin and Michael Caine, that we will be talking about. Do we... But, sorry, I was going to say, do we have to break out our Michael Caine impressions? Because I've got to be honest, I can't do it. (laughs) No, I can't either, so. All right, that's all right then. No. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get on to talking about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I put it to the Facebook group I just sort of mentioned to them and on Instagram as well. What are your favourite 80s movies? Oh. So give us a sense of what other films spring to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Crystal Rocks says, Smokey and the Bandit oh. and Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Both of those are classics. Yeah, that's what she says. Uh, I haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit or Blazing Saddles for uh, uh, quite a long time, mm. to be honest. Yeah. I've, I've played bits of Blazing Saddles to my son. Um you know, you, you, you get YouTube sketches and stuff. So I've done like, yeah. I showed him like the, um, them sitting around a campfire eating beans, that sort the of, beans. you know, those sorts of yeah. bits. But Smokey and the Bandit, do you know, actually, I think we did what I did. I did make him watch that. And he's just like, he was just like, this is so old. You know, <laughs> it was one step away from being black and white for him, you know, <laughs> anything that's made before 2010 is an old film. <laughs> See, I, I, my son is quite good at watching all the old comedies. We sat and watched quite a lot together, including Kieran Kinsella's choice, Airplane. Oh. We sat and watched all the Airplane films. Yep. I, I actually like the second one just as much as the first one. Yeah. Where they go into space. In some ways, quite in some ways it's quite good because you, you, you recognise some of the gags, don't you? They're coming through again. You know, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? And you just think, yeah. oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's all- like, like the Far Show, isn't it? Yes. Every week was the same sketches. Yeah. But they got funnier and funnier the more you saw them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bjorg Galarsson says, from the top of my head, Naked Gun, Cannonball Run, Beverly Hills Cop and Police Academy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, a brilliant film. So, Cannonball, Cannonball oh, Run. I've got that on a little paper DVD that I got free with a newspaper once. Have you? Yeah. That's Roger Moore, isn't it? We were talking Bond a few... Oh, he is in it. Yeah, isn't he? He is yeah. in it, isn't he? I, I don't think he's James Bond, is he? But he's, he's That sort it. of character. Sure he's in it, I think he? he plays yeah, that sort he of plays, character, he? he? sort of... He, he takes himself up. Yeah. No, that's the wrong word, isn't it? <laughs> what he does he do? pulls himself off. <laughs> he might he might do but thankfully we don't see that um <laughs> what does he do what do you i can't figure the the, the expression he plays himself well <laughs> <laughs> he takes the, he laughs about his own things <laughs> I, don't, I don't know and then jason paris uh, says um move on flash gordon yes he always he always says flash gordon it's not a comedy he knows it's is that the only thing he can type on his keyboard are all the other keys <laughs> I broken think so, so he yeah. needs to just mix them up a bit every time i ask a question jason paris says flash gordon <laughs> one day it'll be the correct it, answer it, it, it's like the far show it never wears thin it gets funnier what's that <laughs> here's a here's a question for the listeners what's that film with emperor ming <laughs> <laughs> yeah I bet he'll put Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, over on the Instagram, we had Samuel Jones says, Spies Like Us, the test scene near the beginning. That's Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase, I think, isn't it? Is it? I think it's a John Landis film, but I can't, I can't really remember much about that. I don't think I've watched it since I've Maybe met. that's... So we'll take your word for yeah. that, Samuel. We'll have to look that up. I was going to say, maybe that's one for us to delve into. Um, Greenio623 says, Beverly Hills Cop, absolute classic. Yeah, it is. Always watch it when it pops up. Yeah. And Timoy Ticket says, Blazing Saddles, closely followed by Life of Brian. Absolute classics. Yeah. So Blazing Saddles popped up a couple of times there. Yeah, as has um, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop was on the list, wasn't it, that I sent you? It was. It was. Yes, it was. So um, I wouldn't mind re-watching that at some point. Yeah, be happy to. I'd be happy, you know, happy to jump into any of my... I've got to say, um, Dave Ron Scoundrels, uh, my son did watch that one last night, and actually, we all really enjoyed it. We all sat and watched it, and um, it's a good film. It is good. Anyway, yeah. so now I've given my point of view, we can, we can go now. Finish. Yeah. Done. So thanks ever so much, thanks everyone, for, for tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. Um, <laughs> Talking of Blazing Saddles, is that your favourite Mel Brooks film? Oh, you know, well, I guess it's out. I, I think the three for me are as the producers. Yeah. Um, Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles are the three that I yeah. know of probably best. I don't know if I know another one. Has he done? I don't know what else he's done. I don't. I think Young Frankenstein is my favourite with oh. um, Gene Wilder and Marty Feldman. Yes, with Gene Wilder. <laughs> yes. That's him as well, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah it's a tough call. I, I rewatched Spaceballs uh, a couple of years ago, and yeah, it hasn't dated too well, to be honest. <laughs> it was pretty shocking. I think with all of them, there are bits in them that are just brilliant. I always find him a bit Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest. Okay. Uh, but there you go. Um, so anyway, we've talked. Let's get on now and talk about the film. Shall we? Because uh, you know what happens, Rob. We end up talking for two hours. I've got to try and cut it into 40 minutes. So Yeah, exactly. So, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, as we say, Michael Caine, Steve Martin, and Glianne Headley. Mm-hmm. Glianne Headley, is that how you pronounce her name? I think so. Janet Colgate. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the second Michael Caine film to be featured on our podcast, the first being Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> One he probably doesn't like to be remembered for. But there you Yeah, go. that's right. Yeah, he tries not to talk about that, I'm sure. <laughs> so you messaged me this fact as well, Robin, but I'd also... It was it, this is a remake, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yes, of a film called Bedtime Stories. Mm-hmm. Do you know who it starred? Oh, it did. Marlon Brando and yeah, Marlon Brando is the Steve Martin character. I can't. Yeah, and I can't think. I was going to say David Niven, but it isn't. But I think that's it. Is David? Is Niven. it David Niven? It, it is David Niven. Yeah, uh, and you see, and that's who Michael Caine has based his he's based his character on. Yes. in this one, hasn't he? With yeah, Finn Mustache. Yeah, and the and the, uh, the slick back hair, sort of. Yeah, definitely. And whereas the original version was designed to be a vehicle for Cary Grant, Rock Hudson, and Doris Day, it ended up not starring any of those. And this version was originally written for. Do you know who? Two pop stars? Pop stars? Yeah. Ah. Uh, or rock stars? I uh, No. Don't. Uh, David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Well, thank goodness for that. Because thank goodness they were busy. <laughs> 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 uh, it was based after the success of their Dancing on the Streets video. Have you seen that? <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> Hollywood's gone mental. I know. There's a great version of the Dancing on the Streets video with no music. Have you ever seen that? No. Is it like one of those silent discos? Yeah. I'll send you a copy of it. It is the funniest thing you'll ever see. Okay. It's brilliant. When you watch it with music, you think, this is the shittest video ever. This is the shittest project between any rock stars ever. It's just, (laughs) I can't see how they would then relate that to, let's put them in this film. Yeah bizarre but as we say this was a remake and when they were trying to convince michael kane to join forces you know frank oz was saying come on come and do this film um he wasn't the first choice there was quite a few other choices john cleese michael palin were both considered for the role of lawrence but michael kane said to frank oz why are you remaking this film it flopped why would you remake a flop and then frank oz said well why would you remake a successful film which I wish people stuck to that now. Yeah. <laughs> this is so true. Just because um, the other film that I watched off the back of watching this one this morning was The Hustle. Yeah. With um, Rebel Wilson. Yep. And I dream to dream and things like that. Yeah. Out of Levin's and Mumalabas. Yes. Is it her? Yeah. And, and Hathaway. And Hathaway. That's the one. Yeah. Easy for you to say. Well, funny you should mention you watched that, Robin, because we started to watch that last night as well. I say mm. started. <laughs> you obviously got further than me. What well, did you make of it? I've got to be blatantly honest, because I had it on my um, iPad. I put it on 1.5, so it goes faster. <laughs> <laughs> what did I make of it? Let's move on. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, last night I'd watched... Dirty Rotten Scoundrels yesterday afternoon and then last night my wife was like what should we watch let's watch a film and we was going through Netflix and there was like 90 minute comedies and I was like oh let's look in here there'll be something good in here and then she went oh look what's the hustle and I was like that's actually a version of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels that I watched this afternoon so she's like well let's put that on and we must have got 20 minutes in and it was to the montage scene where they're trying to train her and 
I, I just said, I can't watch this anymore, Don. And Don's like, no, 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 turn it, it off. It was, it was a shocker. <laughs> it followed the story almost um, exactly up until the sort of last bit where it, they, they sort of switched their roles around a little bit. Right. But I don't, I don't know if it's fair to talk about it. And that's the other thing we haven't mentioned, whether we're going to go all the way through this film. Are we actually going to talk about the ending and so on? Oh, yeah, How does yeah. it normally we're, work? We're, yeah. we, we, spoil spoilers, we're, we spoil everything. We just... We spoil it all. <laughs> we spoil it simply by being here. You know, they've usually seen the films because we're talking about old yeah. films. They've usually seen yeah. them. Okay, cool. That's so. good. Well, I just wanted to, you know, respect the listeners. Yeah. No, I don't. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can tell. Um, <laughs> anyway, move on. Yeah. What I got from watching The Hustle, we ju- just get this out of the way and then we go on with the film. <laughs> we will get there. Okay, go on. Well, it's like, yes, I watched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and at the end I thought, that was brilliant. You know, it was charming. It's funny. Yeah. It's really clever. And then watching The Hustle, it's like everything. They just have to make everything so vulgar, the comedy these days. Isn't yeah, it? It I was going to say almost smutty. Doesn't need it, does it? It's like it unnecessarily so, isn't it? It's not funny. But I think that's... It's just rude. But that's because that's Rebel... Is it Rebel Wilson? Rebel Wilson. But then it's the same with all things. I watched the remake of Vacation, the new version of that, and it's just over the top. Whereas I've watched the Vacation films with Cohen. There's a little bit of boob in there, you know, and it's a bit cheeky, but it's it's all tongue in cheek and it's... Yeah, yeah. It's fairly harmless, you know. We grew up on all that sort of comedy. Whereas I wouldn't want any of my kids watching some of the stuff from today yeah it's true you know? I, I do get what you're saying I mean there was the bit that I don't know if you got to the bit where she was in the prison cell and it, it, it yeah it was just there and I just thought ah uh, you know it's just trying too hard to be funny as well with a lot of it instead of it being instead yeah. of it actually being well done because the prison scene <laughs> in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was brilliant yeah, simple just like I was crying watching simple it's just job done <laughs> just watching him try to recount his name so, f- director Frank Oz, this is his, I think it was his fourth film he's directed, but it was his first film that didn't have puppets in. Did you know that? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Before he directed this, he directed The Muppets Take right. Manhattan, right. The Dark Crystal, and The Little Shop of Horrors. Ah, okay. Because director Frank Oz, obviously, he is a Muppet. He is yes. just piggy. But he is also, don't let's not forget, Master Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. And of course... In this yeah. film, who else turns up? Oh, Palpatine. He does, doesn't he, right? I was like, oh my God, it's Palpatine. He's going to be a bad guy. Uh, and then he wasn't. I can't remember ever seeing him in anything else. Can you? No, not at all, actually. No, it's no. fair to say. I think Michael Caine is great casting for this character. Yeah, perfect. It's a brilliant duo. He's great as the straight man. Yes. But he does get some good laughs as well, doesn't he? Yeah, but he does them in... A, it, it, it's, it's timing. That's all it is. He doesn't yeah. have to be anything over the top. He doesn't try to be ridiculously funny. No. He just does his stuff. He's Michael Caine, isn't he, basically? You know, it's like... Yeah. That's why they work well together, I think. Yeah, he said that when he was making this film, he knew it was going to be funny because no one was laughing on set. And he said whenever he's done a comedy and everyone's fooling about laughing... It never works when it's finished. Is he talking about Jaws of Revenge again? <laughs> or <the> Swarm. <laughs> but he said he knew this was going to be funny. Um, but yeah, I think you, you set him up and he's got his mate, Anton um, Anton Rogers, mm. 
who I've recognised for like old British sitcoms. And I mentioned him in a podcast over Christmas. I watched the old 1971 musical version of Scrooge. Okay. Anton Rogers was in there and I said, oh, I recognise him. He used to be the dad in Metal Micking. Oh, my word, yes. I've Googled it and it's not him. <laughs> Are you sure? It does look like him. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. And then when I've Googled him, he's, there's no mention of him. And then I Googled Metal Mickey and he's not in there. So I mentioned that in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, wrong information. It's not him at Metal Mickey. <laughs> right. Okay. Forget it. Let's move on. So uh, I'm going to go back to the plot on Wikipedia. Lawrence Jamieson is an intelligent and sophisticated British con artist operating in bournemont sur on the French Riviera with the help of manservant Arthur and a moral police officer Andre. Who, Andre, who was not Metal Mickey's dad. He seduces wealthy women and steals their money. His only concern is another con artist known as the Jackal reported in the area. Whilst on a train, Lawrence crosses paths with small-time American hustler Freddie Benson, who brags about his meagre accomplishments. Worried that Freddie's inexperienced antics will scare away his prey, Lawrence attempts to trick Freddie into choosing a different destination, then has him arrested and put on a plane out of town. However, after Freddie meets one of Lawrence's former marks, he blackmails Lawrence into taking him on as a pupil. Very nice. Very nicely done. It wasn't my words. I just read that off a wiki. Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's, it's a classic 80s film. It just Did it, you think, though, you know we talk about films ageing, don't we? Yeah. Did you think it had aged? Or did you think it just sat nicely where it was? Yeah, I think it's sort of almost timeless because of where it, it's set. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps, yeah, I'd agree with that. And, I mean, there's a line in there in the very beginning where Michael Caine refers to women as the the weaker sex. Right, okay. And I thought, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit, you know, oh, you couldn't say that now. But then Steve Martin straight away comes back with, oh, actually, you know, I think we're the weaker sex because that's basically more heart attacks, more stress. Like, yes, stuff yes, like yes, that, yes, yeah, it? yeah. Um, yeah, but when it sort I of balances the argument, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was, and, and ultimately, in the end, w- the men are the weaker sex, aren't they? They're completely absolutely, blamed. yes, but, um, it's that and perhaps Steve Martin's zany antics that perhaps date it, but I don't think they do. I think Yeah. I actually looked up I wanted to watch the original film yesterday. I right. couldn't find it. But I looked up the trailer and the trailer showed that exact same scene on the train. Yeah. Where they say about the weaker sex. So it is a line sort of picked up from that and dropped. But um I was quite interested to have seen Marlon Brando as Rupert. <laughs> But I didn't get there. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't find I th- it. I, no footage. Yeah, I mean, Steve, my, my wife was saying this morning, she said, do you think Steve Martin inspired Jim Carrey at all? Oh, they've got to have all. I would imagine yeah. without a yeah. shadow of a doubt. I, to be fair, I thought some of his jangly, dancey bits that he was doing were a little bit unnecessary. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's how I mean. That's what's dated. If yeah, anything. but that's just Steve Martin, isn't it? I mean, it, exactly. I guess in his earlier films, that was kind of sometimes that was how he came across, wasn't it? I'm trying to think of the one. The jerk. The jerk, you know, that sort of thing, <laughs> isn't it? And, you know, um, I thought for this one, he didn't need to go that far. Like there was the bit when they were looking out over the, you know, over the ocean. And he's doing all this dance, and I'm just yeah. thinking, why I are you doing this? that? I yeah. want this. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. thinking, you, don't, you know, why is he playing that? Why is he doing that? But he is all arms yeah. and legs. But then on the other hand, uh, when he was being um, 
Ruprecht. That's <laughs> just <laughs> the funniest thing. I just... <laughs> his, yeah, we'll get there in a yeah, second, I'm sure. Because, but... <laughs> um, like, basically, so Steve Martin is... A crass American, isn't he? He's got no class, and absolutely. Michael Caine thinks he he wins him over by f- having his detective friend follow Steve Martin, taking photos, and then showing the woman that Steve Martin had tried to uh, con that he's spending her money. Then he gets put into prison. <laughs> he's standing there in his <laughs> speedos, just like oh <laughs> that dated but that scene when he's in the prison and he's trying to remember michael kane's name i was just dying at that yeah lawrence jesterson james jameson <laughs> david davidson it's just great and it's times like that where i think steve martin's great i do love it uh, talking of you mentioned the jerk i always used to love him in um all of me have you ever seen that? Don't know. He basically, Lily Tomlin plays this old aristocratic woman. She's really horrible. She's real bitter. She's going to die and she's going to have her soul put into this young girl who's her stable maid. Steve Martin's her lawyer and he really hates her. But through a mishap, she the pot with her soul gets knocked onto his head and he's sharing his body with her. She has one half of it and he has the other. And I think if any film made for Steve Martin, it was that. It was just brilliant. I always remember that being really I, funny. I was getting it confused with, uh, is it The Man With Two Brains? Did he do that one yeah. as yeah. well? Probably around a similar sort of time. He played uh, Dr. Fahar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, Steve Martin, I think, um, I mean, even up to like the Inspector Clouseau films that he redid. Yeah, did he just do the one? I never no, seen two. It, if he I'm did honest. Two. Did he? Um and I don't think you know, they're not they're not Inspector Classic Inspector Clouseau. But there are bits in it again where it's just Steve Martin being Steve Martin and it's funny. See, I remember losing interest, he'd done Bilko as well, and I remember yeah. thinking I used to be a real massive fan of Steve Martin and didn't see anything for years um that I enjoyed of his really. I quite liked him when he started to do some more drama roles, parenthood. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, well, that well, that was funny as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was funny. And then Father of the Bride was all right, you know. But these days, he's gone more towards playing music, hasn't he? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I he think he's, he's really taken to doing his old banjo and that, because he's actually very good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, back to the film. So now he's on board with Michael Caine. Michael Caine is going to train yeah. him up. Just basically to get rid of him, really, isn't he? He's going to make his life hell and say, just do what I yeah. say. And then he's not going to pay yeah. him. And he knows he's going to, at some point, get fed up and leave because he thinks he can do better and all of those things. That's the, the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then there's the um, the montage scene oh. there, which I said, the Rebel Wilson one, I was just like, that was the point where I was like, this isn't it's, funny. Yeah. They're not training for any, yeah. you know, it's not relevant to the film. What she's She was doing. loving knives and stuff, Whereas, wasn't she? <laughs> And just try and do like jump over, yeah, the the, gymnastics uh, horse, gymnastics. Like what the fuck is that all about? But the montage scene in this, I thought was great. Oh, just Steve Martin doing like trying to be posh, beautifully done. Michael Caine showing him how to walk and lean up against the feet, you know, and yeah, Steve Martin just not being able to get it. It was just good, good fun. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really nicely done. I thought that was really good. So, like the first thing you get. See Steve Martin doing all the the training to become this like 
sophisticated individual. But then he doesn't need any of that because he's playing <laughs> Ruprecht, the monkey boy. Ruprecht. I mean, when they go into the, the the room for the first time, you know, you're sort of walking along and you're thinking, where are they going here? And I was trying to, my brain was scrambling, trying to remember the entire film. I could kind of remember it, but I was thinking, what's, I can't, what's he going to, I can't, where, what is he doing? What's the thing he's doing in this bit? And then when he goes in and there's the monkey tire. <laughs> He just slow, sits down quickly on the seat, doesn't he? And then the tire's like swinging. And he's oh, acting all so innocent. Good. But yeah, Michael Caine is trying to like, he's getting the money off these women by promising that they're going to get married. And they're like, oh, I'm going to marry a prince. And then he's like, oh, of course, my brother will have to come with us. And yeah. that's, he's the deterrent. Exactly, he uses his brother And they're like, to get at away. first, like, oh, two princes for the price of one. And then when he's like <laughs> showing them his quarters, where are we going? What, what's out here? <laughs> and he's sat in this horrible suit and he's got all his hair greased over and he's like hmm mother he's <laughs> <laughs> so good it just um and that's again that's the steve martin where he it's just it's just his his look isn't it it's his, his expressions and you know i started to think there was a bit when he started when he was practicing being the the the, the rich guy that he looked like Harrison Ford with his hair slicked back. Right, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about him, isn't it? He's not like an ugly guy, is he? You know, he's, he's quite a handsome guy with his yeah. hair tied back, slicked back and stuff. And he looks quite sensible. But then his face just expands into this goofy <laughs> smile. You know, and when he was playing the prince, and he's like, ooh. <laughs> That's just hilarious, just to, just to watch. And he doesn't need ever to go completely over the top i think that you know it's 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 the subtlety of his humor yeah that that actually works in the end for me it's just it's just the way that when michael kane takes him taking the woman out there she's looking worried he's like oh it's okay no sudden moves <laughs> just the way he drops all these lines and then when he's like this is my you know this is my fiance we're getting married and we're going to move to oklahoma and then steve martin's like he looks disturbed. He goes up and starts knocking all the pots off the shelves, all the vases. Crockery and stuff, yeah. Ruprecht. Ruprecht. But I just, and he says, um, do you want the genital cuff? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, there's just so many like nice little details in that. Because I was just laughing at the oven. I don't know if you can remember the oven in the... When he's like knocking the things off the mantelpiece, the oven is just like this really run down, filthy looking thing. It's just, just brilliant. They really like got it. Almost spot he on. says, he's like, What do we do when we have guests? And he gets that rubber glove on and puts him in that lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> there was something to do with his uncle, wasn't it? What do we do with Uncle So and So came over? <laughs> rubber glove comes on and then the loop no after that <laughs> we apologized <laughs> and he's there sat at the table with a, a yeah the eye patch that was the bit with a eye fork patch. and a cork <laughs> why's he got a why's he got a cork on his fork smacks himself in the eye yeah that was absolutely wonderful uh, but just great and just how uh, Michael Caine I mean how Michael Caine said he knew it's going to be funny because no one was laughing making it but how can you watch Steve Martin doing all these things and I, yeah. not be laughing I mean that's got a, that's some skill right there isn't it yeah. that is some but skill just, just how Michael Caine reacts to it it's just great 
And it's a shame, you, you know, Steve Martin has enough of playing Rupert the Monkey Boy. And he's like, no, I'm going to do this myself. And then they start the bet, didn't they? And yeah, I, see sorry, the, no, I just remembered the Rupert other thing. He's, he says, excuse me, may I go to the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> he, he proceeds to shit himself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm... <laughs> So yeah, and then they they go their separate ways. Uh, they they see the new mark. What's her name? Colgate, isn't it? Yes, Janet um, Colgate. Why do you think they Janet called her Colgate, Janet Colgate? Like that was a bit. Leon Headley. I think it's something to do with the original film. Was like the woman said she was like her dad made toothpaste or something like that. So I think they've just carried, carried the name on, on to yeah. insinuate it, but without sort of saying it something like that i read something somewhere so now yeah they've sort of going against each other and they the first place they go to hustle this woman and it is at the casino and can't remember what michael kane's plan is but he's sort of matching her bet hit Laura, yeah when it, lawrence jameson then uh, or jameson isn't it he his 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 play is that he he puts it on the he puts his on the same one as the the woman does and then when they lose, he goes, oh, can, can you sell this ring or something? Because I, I need the money desperately. Yeah, yeah. And the woman sort of goes, oh, oh, oh. And then follows him and finds out what his story is. Because there was that brilliant bit at the start of the film where we didn't talk about that. But there's a brilliant scene where why do they keep pushing the woman into the plant pots? <laughs> because <laughs> it's all secret hush hush and he's like shove him over there <laughs> and then he jumps into the hedge and runs off doesn't he but she's I, I, the, um, i gotta go <laughs> we watched freaky friday the other week she's the woman the mother in freaky oh, friday. okay right yeah that was quite good do you remember that the old disney film with um yeah jodie foster yeah there wasn't she, she swapped places with yeah. her mum she wasn't in um metal mickey then no <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm aware of yeah so so the, so he's trying that con again isn't yeah he? so he's doing that con but it doesn't work because they they keep winning <laughs> and so it's not working anyway for him and he actually ends up cashing in doesn't he we're getting loads of money and going what terrible luck yeah that's right he's playing he's putting all his <laughs> chips in goes it just wasn't working out for me tonight <laughs> <laughs> and then but so they're doing that and then you're waiting for steve Meyer to appear and then suddenly it's excuse me excuse me and he comes with a wheelchair <laughs> It is. It is a uh, army. Is he army navy? I can't remember. Navy, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He comes with all his medals on and that, and sort of butts his way in. <laughs> and then he tries to cash in his medal, doesn't he? Yeah. So then she's all over him, and the way it goes, Michael Caine is like, ah, oh, this damn it, what's he doing? The detective's listening in as Ma- yeah. Steve Martin's giving her this sob story about how his wife, they had dancing USA competition. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's kind of like. I guess America's sort of version of um, Strictly. Strictly Come Dancing or whatever. <laughs> and then he caught his wife having sex with the the host. Yeah. And then his legs completely give up and that's how he's paralysed. <laughs> so but, it's, all, it's not physical, it's mental. But he isn't he, doing it for himself, is he? He's doing it for his grandma. <laughs> <laughs> she needs an operation. Really elaborate lies, isn't it? And then she's like, but why can't you do it yourself? Oh, I could never afford $50,000 yeah, for right, mine. Yeah. And then he says about this doctor, Dr. Schufenhausen. Yes. And uh, so the woman writes this letter out for Dr. Schufenhausen and then goes down to the reception to give it away, just as a bellboy comes through. Dr. Schufenhausen? <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> and then he's behind the newspaper and all you see is his arm go, 
<laughs> he gets his fingers out and you just think brilliant he's got him oh he's yeah uh, so he steps in as dr schufenhausen the first scene where she comes back you'll never believe it i found dr schufenhausen <laughs> open slowly <laughs> his face is just like oh god and then he's like do you feel this and he's tickling his toes and then he gets that bit of plant out whipping his legs stand back stand back my love <laughs> <laughs> and he's got tears running down his face. He's so oh, look, happy he's so he's happy. Help. He's crying. <laughs> <laughs> but he's having to. Oh, every time he's getting his legs whipped, he's having to like just sit there and. <laughs> yeah, he sort of goes. No, nope, mm, puts his hands on his that. temples. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, no, nope, can't that. feel a thing. <laughs> 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 oh it's just great but it just doesn't stop does it every time one gets the upper hand you think oh and then the other one will outplay him and outwit him it's just yeah great. i mean i i said before about um <clears throat> when we were talking about um spider-man and that sort of faulty towers thing where one you make a bad decision and a bad decision and, a, and i that feels like that wind me up a bit i get a bit frustrated because yeah sort of, fast i feel the same with fast yeah. there's always a point where you think that wouldn't happen would it but this was like almost the absolute opposite of that, where it was just beautifully done and just kept building on top. And, oh no! And surely that's it now. Nope, he's got him again. And <laughs> did you find yourself rooting for Steve Martin though? When you're watching this, because I think I do. I think I'm always like, I don't oh, know. I want Steve Martin to win out. Yeah, watching it. I don't know. I think I think <laughs> Steve Martin was pushing his luck, and I think the thing about this film is which the hustle didn't get right as well because they switched the characters around, was that Michael Caine was the gentleman, wasn't he? And he kind yeah. of, like, concedes at the end that he, he loses and, you know, even, like, how admires the con. Yeah. And he's, like, a real pro, you know, whereas Steve Martin is just taking the mickey out, you know, just pushing his luck with everyone. So I was weirdly supportive of Michael Caine. Uh, yeah at times but then he know. is the he is the more noble character because as soon as the woman says you know i haven't got this money yeah you know i'm not rich and michael kane sort of bows out there doesn't yeah. he? he says to steve martin we're not doing this that's the bit he says this is wrong so then steve martin's like well let's change the bet let's see who can get in bed with her first yeah and even then michael kane's like well you know i'll do the bet but i don't want that yeah, exactly. So he is the gentleman to the end, isn't he? Uh, but then, you know, I mean, rather than rooting for either of them, I just love the just the just the, the next step, the next step sort of thing. Yeah, There's things like yeah. when he's carrying Steve Martin out to the car, you know, and he lobs him in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just Steve Martin's having to take it all, you know, and he's sort of like. And then they go back to to the mansion, and Michael Caine takes her upstairs, and he's like butting his wheelchair against the stairs, and, <laughs> and then it's like, don't. She's like, oh, what about him? No, don't let him follow us. He needs, you know, he's got to learn. <laughs> but then there's that beautiful bit where they're actually cool starting to dance, and it swings round to the door, and he's laying on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> dragged himself up the stairs <laughs> you're dancing yeah it's beautifully done i think you know once you got into that to and fro in stuff it was great fun yeah it's great just fun. playful it's the sort of comedy they don't make enough now isn't it you know it's just clever witty yeah i guess and it's not using it's not offensive for the, a lot of comedy now is vulgar and offensive for the sake of it and that's how they're trying to get the laughs. Yeah, yeah. But, but this one just had good 
good comedy, good good comic yeah. timing. They were playing off each other rather than yeah, it just being all about the sort of vulgarity of things, wasn't it? Just uh, the whole reveal then of the plot. Once Steve Martin's trying to bed her, and he's like, "I can walk for you," and she's, "Oh, that'd be amazing!" Like, and then she goes over to the bed, and he's like, "One step at a time, <laughs> taking his clothes off." That was the only time I thought that classic <laughs> Steve Martin madcap walking bit actually worked in the film when it was like, "I can walk," and he starts walking. You know, I thought that was that was brilliant. Yeah, and then he jumps onto her on the bed, and he's about to kiss her, and then you just hear Michael Caine clapping, and he's like, turns around, he's in the corner of the room, <laughs> sat there. And she's like, oh, I can't believe you knew he was going to do that. And you, you know, you really know people so well. Yeah, it's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So cleverly done. Have we missed it? Have we jumped a bit though? Did, was there something else in between that that they did? There was a bit when he was going down the stairs to the beach, wasn't there? Oh yeah. And he pretends he's, <laughs> he's running down the stairs and rolling that. down. Cause that's right. When he first goes back to Michael Caine's um, mansion. He's all sulky, isn't he? That's what it was. Like. <laughs> That's the bit that made me laugh out loud, where he has the letter, I think. Does he get a letter from him? Yeah, and he says, yeah, yeah. you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to live anymore. <laughs> and he's, and then, and then you see him in the background wheel across in the wheelchair. <laughs> just the timing of it. It was just, he didn't need to say anything. It was literally just him in the background. In, or look at all in the gloves. You know, I mean, that's priceless. You there was nothing, he didn't have to do anything other than roll out in that, at that exact moment. And it was just hilarious. Yeah. That did make me laugh out loud. I guffawed. Um, yeah, I've just always been a massive fan of Steve Martin. I think mm. there's the Chevy Chase films, and he, he's funny, like, you know, in Vacation and stuff, but Steve Martin was always my go-to in the 80s for 80s comedy, I think. Yeah, yeah, and... Um yeah, I think, again, though, Chevy Chase had that. It's an arrogant quality, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's something odd about that guy. He was another one who didn't have to do a lot, did he? <laughs> no, you know, brilliant. You, brilliant. Like you, you know, Jim Carrey has to chuck it all at, at the screen, doesn't he? You know? Whereas Chevy Chase was often just a pause where everybody wait, you know, just got the joke. I'm watching Christmas Vacation over Christmas. Yeah. So just one of the, my funniest scenes in that is the scene where he's got the tree and he unties it and it like... Pow! <laughs> and you just hear it go, oh, the windows yeah, go, oh, a lot of sap in here. <laughs> like, and then the next scene, they're in bed and he's reading the magazine. He's tearing all the pages are stuck to his hands. <laughs> just the way he plays that scene is just brilliant. And then he's like, good night. Yeah. And he turns the light off and he's pulling the light with him. And... <laughs> yeah, that's a great film. Yeah, no, they're, they're both incredibly funny. And I think, like I said, I think Steve Martin, he, he, he had that madcap bit where he'd go all zany and stuff but i think later on he sort of did less of it and it was more more controlled yeah and he got he got better didn't he at just kind of using it when it was necessary like i said in this it was like he wanted to do that zany bit when he's looking at the scenery but it was like why are you doing that it didn't fit for me (laughs) no but i suppose that was expected of him back then wasn't i think so i think it was almost like you haven't done much of that yet we need to put a bit in yeah just in case people don't find it funny you know it was felt a little bit like that you know and um but uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a fab yeah, film. It is, and I just I do love the ending where she, you know, because I remember watching it at first. I think I even revisited it, um, like a couple of years ago or like ten years mm. ago. I hadn't watched it for a long time, and I think I'd forgotten the twist at that point. Watching it again, yes, and yeah. it just brilliant well, when it I, worked when it all, all falls in place. I mean, for me last night, I mean, I was kind of rem- trying to re- remember the film. 
thinking about it it's in a similar sort of way it's been a long time and then she mentions money at some point oh i've got to transfer the money to you or something yeah and i kind of went ah yeah now i remember yeah and it sort of will come back ah, i remember but i was watching my son and watching his reaction to see when the penny dropped with him and it was quite a long way it was right up at the end of the film before he realized that she was playing them and he was like (laughs) because <laughs> like, like, she oh she turns up at michael Caine's and she's like oh he came back and he he stole all my money and, and michael Caine's yeah. like, oh this is awful i i feel responsible here i'll give you fifty thousand pounds yeah. you know fifty thousand dollars gives it to her in the bag they're putting on the plane and she turns around and she says look this doesn't belong to me you you have it and he's like what a woman like you know and as steve yeah, martin incredible. turns up don't let her fly off <laughs> she's got all my in money dressing yeah. gown. <laughs> she's got everything and then he's like what are you talking about like you know i just gave her this money and she gave it straight back and then they open it up and it's all steve martin's clothes <laughs> yeah and i just oh, brilliantly brilliant. done but then you think what just completely was, played she, she was her plan you think did she know about them both or was her plan she was just working her way there and then to find them both and like working out well that, it must have just fallen into her lap mustn't it really because it was mentioned as she was the, the, the jackal the, the jackal yeah. And the Jekyll was mentioned earlier on in the film. But you get the idea that it's Steve Martin. Yeah, that's it. You're thinking, well, which is it? Yeah, Steve Martin. Or Even Michael Caine thinks that. He's like, it can't be that good if he's got his name in the papers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it sort of plays it off like, no, no, one's, he wouldn't get me anyway, sort of thing. No. Yeah, no, it's brilliantly done. Brilliantly done. So how did that pan out in the, the hustle then? In the So at the end of the hustle, they switched it round. It was Anne Hathaway that tried to bed the guy. Right, yeah. And he then apparently does a PowerPoint presentation. And that's the interesting thing about this film, actually. Because if you go back to the bit with the, uh, with the doctor in this one, where she goes, she writes the letter and she goes downstairs to post the letter. And then he's there and all of this and yeah. i i actually said guys you wouldn't get away with that today would you because you've got the internet and you just you google, google them and then and yeah, uh, yeah yeah and so they that was played into the film and in the hustle where he phones or emails and gets a out of office and then he goes onto her instagram or something and there's a photo of the hotel and he goes down and meets her so they it kind of got round it but at the same time i was thinking it just wouldn't work in the same way no but anyway so what they did was he was he'd set up some sort of uh app so they thought he was really rich but he obviously was playing them and they end up giving him the money but they so at the end they just switched it round a little bit so Anne Hathaway is the Steve Martin bit, although she'd be Michael Caine throughout the rest of the film. Yeah. And then Rebel, Rebel Wilson was the one who kind of, you know, fell for him. And it was, yeah, it was just confusing anyway. <laughs> it just didn't work. So it seemed confused just the first 20 minutes that I watched. It seemed like it doesn't have the same sort of logic behind it. Yeah. It just felt a bit. Yeah. Oh, we're trying to recreate this, but we've got to change it to be modern. And then it didn't make a lot of sense and absolutely so the, the the things that they changed just confused the whole thing yeah for me yeah it was rubbish <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad you, you know, thought I, so i'd have hated that if i'd have turned it off and then come on today and you said oh that was the best film i've ever watched yeah never mind the dirty rotten scoundrels the hustle was brilliant once the first 20 <laughs> minutes was out <laughs> but again you know just like Frank Oz says, why remake successful films? 
and that's all they seem to do these days. Yeah, and they they're never as good. I think I think they um I think it's a, like a we've talked about it before, haven't we? They sort of almost deconstruct things that and then rebuild them. For me, it's it feels quite sort of subversive at times. Yeah. You know, and I, I do get it. I do get it. You know, they you want to make more films that are you know appreciated not just by men i guess is the theory behind it is that what it's about because but then on the other hand that's not that doesn't really work does it because dirty rotten scoundrels is it's just a great film i don't know anyone can enjoy it can't they and it's got the female element in it anyway hasn't it yeah and and she wins she's the wise one out of all of it you know she's yeah she gets the upper hand and and i don't know why it was necessary to remake it that way i don't know it's just a shame to me that they keep doing this again and again it is i mean there's a doctor who's a classic one you know the the latest Doctor Who, and you just—it's a difficult one because it's all political. But an example is Hunger Games. I mean, Hunger Games was stars um, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, and that is brilliant. The four films were fantastic. She leads the way, and at no point did I go, oh, "It's a woman winning," <laughs> you know, or "Oh, no. this is rubbish because it's a woman <laughs> no. acting in it." Or they it, don't need to mention, no, it, do they? It, because just... it was just a really good film and really well done and i didn't feel like anything was being there was an underlying message to it or anything like that so yeah and and i think i think this is the trouble is that you got like that like, that's a perfect example what you got there because you say about they changed doctor who to play have a woman player and it puts people's back out i, I never watched doctor who so i didn't really don't care and the same now they're saying oh don't let james bond be a woman it's like all right just make a character that is a woman that isn't James Bond or Doctor Who, but is the equivalent, the woman equivalent of that. Come up with a new character, and then no one, will, there won't be an argument. Will there? That's it, and I think that's what I mean by the de- deconstructing things and then putting them back together with a slightly different, with a, what feels like a sort of an agenda of their own. I mean, with Doctor Who's a classic example in the sense that Doctor Who had a fan base that had been like what's fifty years old. You know, have been around for 50 years, probably mostly, dare I say it, male nerds. <laughs> and it was almost like, you know, they changed to a female doctor and they said, right, we're going to go and get ourselves a new audience. And of course, the first, immediately what that does is... It just alienates the original. It turns audience. the original audience off. And they were the ones, they were the nerds that were watching it in the first place. So suddenly you've, they're not yeah. watching it and the new audience doesn't Because it up. wasn't it the least watched Doctor Who I ever? think so, I think. Something, I think so, it? yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't I know exactly like really what flats, but yeah. Which is a shame, and it must it must be heartbreaking for that woman. But at the same time, you say, it, it is just politics, isn't it? And it's just, oh, we're trying to tick these boxes. feels a little bit like that. And I people think don't want it, do they? That's the danger with a lot of films. But I think inevitably what will happen is money will talk. And if films don't get it right, then they won't make the money. And then Hollywood will change again. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> yeah. I think that's about it, mate. I think we talked some, talked some good comedy there, some good Steve Martin. And like I said, this film felt timeless, didn't it? It didn't, even though it was an eighties film, it didn't look like the eighties. But I thought it was really nice, and and I, it was quite an uplifting film in the sense of where it was. Yeah, some of the um, the backdrops and things were just gorgeous. Yeah, and you, you know, it just really enhanced the film because of where it was filmed as well. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I didn't think, and I didn't think the music. The music was great fun. Yeah, but it didn't intrude on any of the uh, on any of the no, scenes or anything. No. You know, there wasn't like no, that annoying theme tune that kept playing, or you know, it just <laughs> it just worked with the film. I was just thinking when you said about theme tunes intruding. Um, I like a war film. I like watching the old classic World War Two films. Oh, what was the 
Michael Caine war film. Oh, is it? Um, a bridge too far. Yeah, a bridge too far. A great film, a, an amazing story because it's a true story. But the tune in that, the theme tune in that, every two minutes, it's back on. <laughs> and like, me and my mate were watching it and we are just dying. And we going, he's walking over there and he's walking over there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it is true. I mean, it is the films, you know, they can't, these features, the music can be intrusive. It can be wrong. Um, but this one wasn't, I thought it was subtle. But it did amplify it. It accompanied it perfectly. Yes, it did. Because it made yeah. the funnier scenes funnier yeah without giving stuff away you know yeah because there's nothing worse than the, fi- the music in a, a horror film where the music changes and it's like leading up to a jump scare and you're like <laughs> here get ready oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then i suppose the only thing we didn't talk about then we from the film i guess in the end was the ending where she comes back oh yeah to me that was the only bit i thought was probably not Needed. Yeah, in my cynical, if that was a film today <laughs> as The Hustle, um, my cynical voice in my head would have been saying, oh, they've just set that up for a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously that wasn't really what they were doing. Because so, in this, like, it would have been good to see her again, but she didn't have to come back and go, come on, boys, we're all in this together now. I think that was the, the easiest way to just put it to bed at the to end of the see film. Her Otherwise her you'd have needed another half an hour. You don't see her as a con artist, do you? Yes. You just no, realise yeah. you've been con. That's all it was to sort of and show that, that she's the con artist. Just in case you didn't get it. Yeah, so I guess the film, for me, tailed off a little bit once Michael Caine had backed down. It sort of felt a little bit more disjointed from there. If, if there was to be a criticism, it would be that from that point on, it sort of felt a little bit like we were, it was just going through the motions, getting to the end. Yeah, it set up the ending, but the, you know, the final act of a film is very usually... yeah. Where everything's going on, isn't yeah. it? But it did sort of drop. It did drop a little the, bit. Yeah. Because they stopped playing off each other then, didn't they? Yeah. And that was yeah. the bit that was winning it. To really have got it, nailed it 100%, they'd have had to gone all the way to the twist at the end where they both think they've won. Yeah, yeah. And she walks off with the money. That would have been the real yeah. twist. But, you know, yeah. how would you... I don't know. I don't know. I don't and I think it's pretty close. They've kept the script pretty close to the original. Yeah, as well, and, so. you know, don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, that's been that's been uber critical, looking for something to sort of say on the on the, on the the flip side. So it was sort of, you know... Yeah, yeah. And they did, I think, you know, that sort of time, the 50s and 60s, they was making some clever sort of Well, again, sort of films that, they, had to, they had to have good stories. You know, yeah. films had to have a good story. If they didn't have a good story, what the hell did they have? Because they didn't have special effects. And, you know, they didn't always have good actors in them. It just had to be sold on the stories, and, you know. And I think that would be nice to see, Holly, you know, films, I say Hollywood, but films in general just going back in that direction a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I think the last film I watched that felt a, more like an 80s comedy than anything I've watched for a long time was, um, oh, what's his detective film? Oh, yes. Um, um, Knives Out. Knives Out. I thought that was really clever. Yeah, and I quite enjoyed that, and it felt it felt a bit more. I, I'm sorry, I can't I, <laughs> I can't have an opinion on that because the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't ever I can't ever like that guy. But yeah, nice <laughs> out. I, I I agree with you on that one. I think it is, and I like those sorts of films. And again, talking what we've previously talked about, and we talked about Marvel before. You know, we've we've had our fill with Marvel films. They went to the point of no return with the mass battles and the special effects and the superheroes yeah. and the bombing music and the three-hour epic 
film. But I don't think the rest of the world has, though, Robin. That's yeah. the trouble. <laughs> yeah. And you just kind I of think, think we're like, a long way off. So, <laughs> like, follow a couple of different channels and stuff on Instagram, and, like, they're like, oh, my God, this year looks so amazing. And I was like, it looks fucking shit. Yeah. All the films you're just sharing there are just films that I just got no interest in anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's, but there's nothing new. Everything on that, every picture that you've just shown up on that post is a film we've already seen a hundred times. Yeah. And that's going to be the, that's going to be the crux of it, isn't it? It's, it's, it's finding the films in between that are, are the good films, the good stories. And, and I guess a lot of them are going to be lower budget films mm. because they're going to be films that don't have, you know the effects don't have the uh, the the main cast. You know the big name cast, and it's very often when you see a lower budget film, it's got to be sort of gritty or complex, sort of adult films. Yes, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just want to watch a film like this. I just want to watch a film where it's just pleasant yeah. to watch. You can all watch it, rolling along with it. <sighs> Should we leave it there? Yeah, I can't think of anything else. We're just saying the same things again, aren't we? We are. We go around in circles, don't we? That's, that's the problem with it, isn't it? Once you start getting down that debate about what movies are. But I think we've covered a bit there. So, Robin, thank you ever so much for joining me again. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, actually. It's nice. There's something to look forward to. I'm, it I'm is, well into it? it. And it gets me to, you know, I wouldn't have thought to have watched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels as a film. So um, I guess if our... You know, if there, if there are more recommendations, if anyone wants to recommend some films. Well, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. I think next week, if you want to recommend a film. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, yeah, good. Um, and then I'll try and think of something obscure for us both to watch the following week. Brilliant. So, listeners now, if you've got any ideas of films that you'd like us to watch, please email us to wnmovietalk at gmail.com and give us a good email, not just a title. Tell us why you want us to review the film, what the film means to you, or what it doesn't. If it's a rubbish film you want us to review, even better. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be good. Cool. So thanks everyone for listening, and we will see you all again very soon. Chase! Bye! Bye!